You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Hello, I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rask. And you're listening to the Australian Finance Podcast. A podcast where we talk about money, finance, investing, and all that good stuff. We're helping you invest your time and money better one podcast episode at a time. Yes, so please subscribe if you like the series. And don't forget you can find us on social media. We're on all the platforms. Kate, where can people go? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Rask Australia. That's R-A-S-K Australia. Mm -hmm. And I'm Owen Rask on Twitter or Owen Rask AU on Instagram. Beware the imitators. People like to copy us. Without further ado, let's jump in to today's episode. Kate Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It is wonderful to be back, Owen. Yeah, we've got a very special guest. Tom, welcome to the studio. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's it's a twist of fate. You know, you're at InvestSmart. Kate was at InvestSmart. InvestSmart's a sponsor of the show. Yes. We are, we're talking about investing today. We're talking about the boot camp, which you run, which is going to be great because you're an educator. That's what right. you do. Get to help people, get to help them with uh, investment planning and learning about different assets. It's, it's great. Yeah, great. So, we'll talk about what goes into that. But maybe, Kate, is it okay if we start with a bit of Tom's background and how you came to be in the position that you're in helping yeah. people get started investing? Yeah, that's a good a good place to start. I um, was at uni doing commerce, accounting, following the footsteps of dad, mm-hmm. um, liking numbers because it's very logical as well, well, usually, except when it comes to tax law, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, I found myself in the finance section of the library, just getting any book I could find about investing. Uh, even back then, I was really into the idea that technical analysis could help people predict prices on charts. And I finished uni, got into a job where I was trading foreign exchange. And I found that the biggest component of that was psychology. Mm. That was the integral part. And what I did was I went back to uni, did a psychology degree. Hmm. And I was like, maybe I could actually be a 
someone like on that show Billions where there, there's that psychiatrist <laughs> that treats the traders. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought, mm, no, I'll go back into the, the workforce and actually work in a company like that. So I went to a financial services brokering firm, mm -hmm. which did a number of different assets. So crypto, um, foreign <laughs> exchange, uh, shares, etc. I worked there with uh, Evan Lucas as well. And uh, he moved to Investmart. He said, come along, got mm. to meet Kate there as well, which is fantastic. And uh, to that point, I've been running the uh, Investmart Bootcamp, mm -hmm. which has been fantastic because I've been able to use all that experience um, and even the way in which people learn, talk about like psychology as well, like people who are visual, giving them examples and trying to explain finance investing uh, in the easiest way possible. Mm. Yeah, I like that. It's, uh, it's, it's actually a real skill. And this is the first time we've met today. Mm. And I can tell just from speaking with you that you approach it very calm. Your demeanor is like very approachable. So I think that's quite, like it's not always easy to come across that way, particularly when you're talking about something as complex as finance. Yeah, and I think you, have, you need to have a bit of humor in it as well and try mm. and make it relatable. Otherwise, it's boring and people will turn off. Yeah. So I know that's very serious as well. It's people's finances, but uh, it's good to have a little bit of humor as well. Mm. Mm. It's hard to find that balance, isn't it? Because it is it is your money and it's your life savings that you're trying to work out where to save it, where to invest it, how to manage it. But mm. then to learn about it, if it's super dry, that educational material, it just turns you off completely. So it's you have to find a balance in the middle. Absolutely. And I think I've found in the past trying to learn about investing in finance, I switch off. Uh, I've got like very short attention span. <laughs> I'm sure most people <laughs> yeah, feel the like same. Me. Yeah, I feel yeah. so. Um, so definitely having something that's fun to do, keeping everything nice and short, little uh, segments, even with our webinars we do on bootcamp. Uh, yeah, it's the way to go. It makes it easier. Mm. I guess the question just, just generally is like, why do you think, why do you f think financial literacy, like wellness, whatever you want to call it, why do you think that's important? I think it's such a massive component of anyone's life. Like it can affect so many different areas of uh, your life, uh, a family's life as well. We see nowadays a lot of Australians really affected by financial stress mm. and that leads on to other areas too, like mental health, but also workplace productivity. And if you go down to the root cause, it's usually because we haven't learned about money in the right way. We've, I guess we follow, I think Effie or, or Effie and Evan have both mentioned this previously about how we follow our parents' approach or relationship to money. And it's very true. Like my dad was uh, an accountant, did economics. So I understand all the theory, but I did take his approach and relationship to money. And it's something that I was lucky to have that uh, very early education about investing, finance, financial literacy. And I think that's why it sort of has proven to me in a practical term. And I've seen people through doing boot camp, how it's helped them as well. So mm -hmm. that, I think that's why it's so important. Mm, it must be interesting hearing about people's different backgrounds with money and like how they dealt with it with their family and how that's impacted them today for better or for worse. Absolutely. And it's really interesting hearing a lot of very qualified people tell you how they're disappointed in themselves. They don't understand money or how it works. Mm. Like we've got clients that are like surgeons, um, they might be lawyers and they'll come to us expecting to be able to ace investing and money control and they're disappointed in themselves. But then the flip side is that, you know, I'm not a good doctor at all. 
I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't, uh, you know, do bypass surgery, although I've tried once. But, uh, <laughs> um, but that's the thing. It's like if you don't understand it, well, then you've got the opportunity to, to learn about it. And then if you still don't have the time uh, or even understanding it, well, then you can get someone else to help with yeah. it. What are some of uh, what are some of the so that's I think that's pretty common with a lot of people um, because we're taught if you work really hard that you'll get really good at something and you'll do better than average whereas investing can be quite difficult mm. like extremely difficult. Um, what are some of the mistakes then that people make when it comes to money or investing? The biggest thing I've seen and it's a consistent uh, mistake that everyone who doesn't do well makes is not having a plan. Mm. And as boring and dry as it sounds, it's not sexy. Like yeah. no one likes to have to sit down and think mm. about doing a plan. But it, as long as you start writing the three headers on the page, you know, what's your goal? What's your time frame? What's your risk tolerance or approach to risk? And that's a start. And if you get those down, it starts to flow a lot easier. That's probably the biggest mistake. We've had people come to us in the various jobs I've had where they've said, I'm just not making a profit. I'm not making any kind of return on my investment. And we would say, well, okay, let's run through your plan. Mm. And they'd say, well, I just don't have one. And that's the first first thing. And mm. there's so many sayings around it. Um, you know, like if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. And you could, there's like a list of them. That's the most important thing. But then... Not understanding timeframes is the big thing and choosing something that's the, the wrong risk profile. Um, you, I've spoken to people who've chosen a really conservative approach their whole lives. Mm. And they don't understand that the word conservative in finance means something completely different to what it does in everyday application. So I've spoken to people who've reached their retirement age and they've said, oh, I've got a really small super account because I've been taking the conservative approach. I just didn't want to lose any money, but it meant they weren't, uh, you know, getting a good return. Then they missed out on all those years of, of growth. Um, so it's really about teaching people what that means in practicality as well. Mm. Uh, learning about asset allocation, diversifying, eggs in one basket approach. Another saying that we always use, mm. um, but it actually does mean something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and all those sayings and jargon can feel really overwhelming for new investors. Are there are there any of your favourites that you like to break down in terms of jargon or those terminology? That's a very good question. Um, the eggs in the basket one, um, <laughs> you know, there's got to be a better version of that one nowadays. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm really into history as well. I think it's uh, so it's fantastic. Like uh, we can use history to also look at what's happened before. Um, I think it was Mark Twain who said, history doesn't repeat, but it does rhyme. So we can take elements of that to use mm. in future type events. I like to use the example of even uh, when we were an agrarian society and we wouldn't just have you know wheat growing. We would deliberately have different types of crops growing so that we diversified our, our food income, so to speak the food that we were growing. So if something came through and destroyed one particular crop that the locusts thought that's delicious, mm -hmm. we'd have others, you know, in the in the backup. So that's the example I usually use in boot camp in the webinars to explain diversification, basically spreading your risk. Um, and a lot of people tend to say, oh, that makes more sense than carrying around all these eggs in baskets because even if you trip, then aren't they all going to break? And you, 
gets too confusing then. Yeah, and all the eggs look the same. <laughs> so yeah. That's why I never really got that one. Like, I got it in theory, but practical. Yeah. Like, no yeah. one's dealing with eggs. Because it means, like, you, you, it's multiple baskets, right? Mm. Yeah, like, how many people carry, carry multiple baskets at the same time? Yeah, that's right. you would need an ostrich egg and an emu egg and a... Yeah, and that's still that one person. So, you know, Gary's carrying all the all the baskets and he trips and then that's game over. <laughs> You're wiped out. So, luckily, we don't have that when it comes to investing. It's a bit more, obviously complex in the sense of what you can invest in what asset classes but i like to stick with my um farming type mm. approach until i can think of something better <laughs> yeah. yeah if you if you do have something better for tom or us let us know <laughs> um, right into us and let us know um mate can you give us a bit of an overview of the boot camp uh is it fully online it's fully online yeah, yeah. and what um, do you what, what are the types of topics or things that you cover yeah so it's spread across six modules and the first one is investment planning. So okay. doing the plan. Coming back to that yep. thing that you were yeah. just saying. Yep. And that, that sort of weaves through all the rest of it as well. Um, there's numerous points where I'll stop and say, let's refer to the plan that you've started and try and really push that in. But investment planning, talking about setting up goals or you know multiple goals, multiple timeframes, understanding your attitude to risk. Um, some people just hate the idea of losing one cent. So mm-hmm. instead of choosing something that suits their time frame, they might want to dial it back a bit. And that's okay. It's fine. Whatever works for you. So investment planning part runs through that. And then the second, we started to get a bit more exciting in the second module talking about things that you can invest in uh, or investment vehicles is the finance speak. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> talking about the ETFs, shares, uh, what's a managed portfolio, what's a managed fund, uh, you know, what does risk-free assets mean? Um, they still have their own form of risk as well. So we run through that. Then we talk about investment strategies, uh, which is much more exciting. Uh, then we talk about the investor psychology, putting it into practice at the end. Uh, yeah, we try and take you through all the different stages that you can need to tick off so that at the end of it, you're ready to, to start investing. And is that like one session per week? Is that, yeah. Yeah, so we do a live webinar once a week. And it's literally, uh, I'll run it for like 30 minutes and people can come on, we'll run through different modules. It resets every four weeks. So if you're someone who joins bootcamp, you've got three months to do it at your own pace and you can watch all the videos we've recorded so far. Uh, You can attend the four week structure where it resets and we do module one and two in the first webinar and people can ask questions. You know, Tom, what's the difference between risk profile uh, and risk tolerance. So you can sort of sit there and explain, you know, what everything means. It's a, it's a safe uh, place to ask questions. There's no judgment. Um, trying to make it, you know, foster that kind of uh, engagement. Yeah, great. I like that you can ask questions because there's a lot of places where you can't actually talk about these things. And most people don't have someone in their life that they could ask, oh, what's your risk profile? Because most people wouldn't know what that is. And so having somewhere where you can go, okay, I just learned all this stuff, but I've got five questions. Who can I ask? And mm. having a place to go for that. It's, and that's exactly right. And even the whole idea about providing you know, general advice only, which is what we do, uh, we won't sit there and go through your you know personal background mm. and mm. tailor something for you. Uh, if someone realizes that they need that help or assistance, then that's something that we can point them in the right direction to go and do. Because um, a lot of people don't even understand what that means. Like we talk about the disclaimers at start of shows and on all the products, but no one, you know, they, they still will ask the question, mm-hmm. um, you know, oh, 
my wife is 60, I'm this, mm. I've got, you know, one bung leg, I can't work much. But, and it's like, well, that's very personal. I, I can't give you any answer to solve that solution. So even we need to get better at explaining that as well. Yeah. Um, what we can and can't do when you need to get more help. Um, just, mm. just, I guess it's everyday things that we take for granted, but a lot of people just don't understand what it means. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good reminder for everyone in the industry, just like when we're at events and things, instead of just flashing that disclaimer slide up on the screen, actually explaining this is what it means to talk about information generally. And if you fall into this basket, this is where you might need personal advice. And who can give personal advice? Well, you can speak to a financial advisor and here are some of the questions you might want to ask them. Mm, that's a very good point. Yeah. Giving them that confidence and, and help, a bit of structure on what to do and where to go. Um, there's a lot of fixed fee you know, advice you can get nowadays as well, although I guess that's a whole different story, isn't it? The whole financial industry when it comes to advising, like there's been a bit of a mass exodus from there. It's harder to get advice sometimes. It's more expensive. Mm. Um, so I think that's where we step in even at Investmart when we are offering our managed portfolios we try to give as much info, you make your decision, but we also try and give you that education at the start, which is where I come in with boot camp. Mm. Um, we also, when you do boot camp, you get uh, complimentary access to Eureka Report and Intelligent Investor. Oh, right. Okay. So you get to use the Ask Alan. So Alan Kohler mm. on the news each night, that's finance. <laughs> and <laughs> Most people, their parents have probably seen him once or twice on, yeah, on the telly. One of, one of Australia's biggest I think personalities. He's my dad's man crush, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. He's like, did you speak to Alan today? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I didn't. But I spoke to his daughter. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but he has his Ask Alan area on the Eureka Report website. And numerous boot campers hop on there and ask questions to him. And he's also got a lot of experts underneath him. And uh, Elizabeth Moran is one. Uh, she talks about fixed income, fixed interest, and she yeah. answers a lot of questions around that, which a lot of people in their retirement stage, uh, it's very important to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Um, yeah, I feel like the, the, the difference between general advice and personal advice is it's, it's not really well understood. There may be some significant changes that are coming um, for both of those, but the difference is like you can get a return trip to Europe for the same price as just to ask a question about should I pay down my debt, mm. and that's the thing, right? It'd probably be cheaper to go overseas, get it personal advice, and then come back. It probably yeah. it probably would be actually yeah. a bit more enjoyable as yeah, well. Yeah, that's it. So it's just a big difference between the two. Mm. Um, I think like a lot of people want to learn about investing, and they they know it's important, but the question that they often have, or the 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 fear that they have, is like that. The learning curve is huge to begin with. So I know like one question we wanted to ask was how much do people need to know before they start investing? Yeah, that's a very good question because a lot of people go to uni and have to do, mm. you know, three, four year degree. But you get taught at university like the you know, absolutely everything. Well not actually that's not even true again. You get <laughs> the, the bare minimum of your industry usually. Yeah, it's true, it's true. Because even when I started at one of uh, the places I worked at there were numerous, um, you know, financial products that I had only read about, like options, for example, learning how to price them, but in practical sense, how mm. to actually uh, use them in, in real world. And that was uh, a big learning curve for me. And I've got Evan Lucas again to help me. He helped <laughs> me through that, which is fantastic. But um, I think when what we try and do is keep it simple and talk about products that are fairly easy -er to understand. 
Um, most Australians know about shares and how they work. Some people don't realise that you can get paid dividends and you know, that's a form of income. They, they sort of are quite amazed when they hear mm. about, oh, they actually pay an income or you're the owner, you're part owner of that company. Like They don't understand how that even works. But we try and keep it simple and talk about shares, ETFs, exchange-traded funds, and even that can be a bit confusing. Uh, and running through the definition helps. Like It's a fund that trades on an, an exchange like the ASX. So we do sort of keep it a little bit contained. Yeah. When it comes to strategies, we'll talk about things like value investing. And I know Nathan Bell uh, yeah. from Intelligent Investor was here talking to you both as well. We use that same kind of approach. So in bootcamp, we'll talk about it and then point you in the right direction if you want to get more information about that. We won't sit there and say, this is how you exactly value a share, but we'll say there's information if you need that. Yep. So we do try and keep it contained. I think the idea is if you want something, I mean, we all invest in our super. A lot of us just automatically choose a profile, put the money in, and then hopefully it's there when we retire type approach. Um, and that's fairly straightforward. It's sort of the same thing that we try and teach in that you, if you have a plan, you know your goal, time frame, risk profile, you can go from there. Mm. So you would say once you've kind of ticked off those things on your list, well, you're probably ready to take that first step and put your first five or $500 somewhere in the market. Yeah. And the other thing too is bringing it back to even diversification. Um, like we think the best approach is to be diversified. Mm. And with $500, you probably won't get that diversification you need, uh, depending on the way you go about it, like there's companies obviously like Raise where you can open up accounts that are quite small and, you know, you're buying into it. But when it comes to, I mean, there's people who even who think, and when we talk about active and passive and core and satellite strategies in bootcamp mm. and about what the practical elements of that is, because there's a lot of people who still want to like dip their finger into the share market, um, whether they've got their own, strategy or plans or information, or even they've heard it from someone at a barbecue. <laughs> um, what we try and say is, you know, that's that's okay, but make that a very small part of your overall investment uh, plan. So we try and run through all those kind of things. So it's a, it's a practical, we don't sort of just rubber stamp everyone and say, you're conservative, you know, you're high growth, go and do your thing. Yeah, um, There has to be a bit of leeway. Just even that. something like, because I feel like when you're, when you're learning about investing, it's like you're standing on a frozen lake and you're trying to chip away at the thing that you're standing on and then all of a sudden you're just going to fall in mm. and you're going to drown in all this information. Mm. But like to have someone to, to like guide you across and just say like these are the bits that you need to know and where you need to go, um, you don't need to do it all at once. You can just kind of just to take it step by step. And I think like having those guardrails that, that you're talking about People can't see your hand gestures if they're not watching the video, but they're, they're kind of the, the guardrails to keep people moving in a certain direction. And then if you want to go off and look at that thing, you can. Yeah. I think that's really powerful for a lot of people. I think you have to do it like that because otherwise you can lose interest fairly quickly as well. Um, I remember there was like a lot of, when I was reading about people who would do trading as opposed to investing, um, they would talk about, start with a very, very small figure um, you know, something that you are happy with losing because mm. it's very highly related to speculation, uh, like almost like gambling when it comes to trading. Um, and then by actually doing, you tend to learn uh, quicker as well. 
So when you do lose like that $500 that you were, you know, punting on cryptocurrency, um, it sort of does hit home a lot harder. Yeah. Investing is different because you're obviously taking a long-term approach, um, definitely plan it out a lot better. You don't generally start with a small amount, you know, like $500, you have to have a little bit more saved up. Um, but it's much more long-term, yeah. I, I, it's much more serious, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely it is. Are there some things that you see maybe boot camp or clients commonly getting held back with on their investing journey, the things that keep coming up time and time again where someone's like, I can't start or I can't progress because of X? Yeah, uh, that's a very good point too. And it's one of the common mistakes or problems we run through. Um, and I was watching Effie when she was uh, on your show as well, talking about she has that hesitancy to get into investments sometimes. Mm. She sort of sits back, waits for more information, uh, and she misses the opportunity. And that's something that we see quite often. There's people who have done all the research, the investment they've chosen, it matches their plan, but then something will come along like, you know, the, the COVID pandemic. Um, and there's always going to be events like that throughout the history. And Warren Buffett, he does a really good um, analysis of that. And he runs through all the different things where people have hesitated after different big events, World War II, uh, you know, the, the tech boom crash, um, GFC. And after each of those, you know, they, they have that recovery period. And Effie mentioned that too, where she, that's one of her problems where she sometimes, uh, you know, waits too long, misses the opportunity. Yeah, I think she called it the fear of jumping in because she's saying in. a lot of people talk about the fear of missing out, but for her it was people see, having the fear of jumping in and getting started. Mm. Yeah, and it comes down to that hesitancy of, uh, you know, there's something big's going to happen or uh, has happened. But on the flip side, we've got people that jump in too quickly, and that's something that I see more of, I think, than the actual, uh, you know, fear of missing out type approach uh, where people will, you know, they've got some money, they'll put it into an investment and then they'll actually ask you, so what I'm actually invested in? Like, what does <laughs> yeah. it mean? And we have a lot of actively managed uh, investments at Intelligent Investor, for example, uh, where they have a purpose and they follow, uh, you know, different Australian companies inside and we'll get people who will sometimes, you know, get into it. Uh, but then at the end of it, they'll say, oh, so what actually you know, is inside the ETF and what's its purpose and what's its risk profile. And it's a, sort of in retrospect, you've got to let them know because they haven't done basic things like read the product disclosure statement uh, or even spoken Not to Not many us. people do that, Tom, do they? They don't. And it's difficult because we need a lot more plain speak in finance. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and they can be a little bit convoluted. They're like, what? 15, 20 pages. And they're usually written by lawyers and not educators. And that's exactly right. Um, I've spoken to a lot of lawyers who've actually done boot camp and they've done it because they don't understand a lot of terms or uh, strategies that we talk about. So they get an insight on how to understand that and mm. then they can explain it better and perhaps write better as well. Yeah. So there is that burden, uh, that I guess barrier to entry for some people yeah. where they just they don't want to read the product disclosure statement. Um, mm. We try and do our best explaining how things work in everyday speak, but sometimes uh, even that gets, you know, looked past. One of the things that uh, we know that you are very passionate about is putting kind of yourself before the investments, as in 
understanding yourself. And I think you sent an email through in the lead up to today's chat about this in particular. And this is a very important part we think of just financial wellness mm. is like we can define money and finance however you want, but understanding yourself is probably the bigger, more challenging thing, but it's also probably the more rewarding. So we're just curious to think, to understand how you think about the role that like mental health, psychology and understanding your behavior plays mm. in this. It's very uh, integral because there's so many linkages between investing finance and your mental health. And what you tend to find is that if you, you know, discover you do have an issue when it comes to uh, being too impulsive and not looking before you leap and jumping into an investment, it probably also does, uh, you know, is made up of other parts of your life as well, whether it's, uh, you know, spending impulsively with credit cards, it could be linked to other things. So it's something that you tend to find pervades that area of your life as well. So I'm, I'm very big on mental health in terms of, um, you know, it's always good to talk to someone if you're discovering that you've got those, uh, you know, different biases yourself or uh, little things like impulsiveness. It's, it's good because you can not only tackle the investing side, but also, you know, get some guidance, uh, a bit more structure on the actual everyday life. And it affects so many areas. Um, financial stress, I think I was saying, is a, a really big thing. Mm. Um, but there are also other big things that happen in our life. And I know I spoke to a lot of successful people who've been investing and trading. And one thing that they do is speak to someone like a, a counsellor or uh, someone like a psychologist who's actually trained in uh, financial markets. There's people around who actually are like that. So they actually exist. They, they're not just on that TV show, <laughs> yes. Billions. Like that was one of my goals is to be like the psychiatrist, but um, I just didn't get to that stage. But they do exist. Um, they're not as common uh, as, as you would conventional psychologist but they are around there but even a conventional psychologist can help with the i guess the symptoms of uh you know financial stress as well and there's numerous uh different other you know charities and organizations that can help too if you're you know financially stressed i find like even like we spoke to someone this week uh, who's a money coach and um i have a coach now and i see a psych as well separately but um I find it's not even necessarily that they need to solve the problem for you. It's just mm. that they need to give you feedback and just be supportive. Mm. And I feel like just in that process, admitting to that process and going through that helps you understand yourself better, a lot better. Yeah, and even how to deal with it as well. Yeah. Because um, with some mental health uh, you know, conditions that you might have, there is no cure. And it's about how you can best approach it. Um, depression mm. and anxiety is such a common thing for, for most people nowadays. Mm. Um, and most people, you know, they, they manage it with the help of, you know, professionals and, you know, it improves their life at the same time. So yeah. it's just good having someone to also talk to and get things off your chest. Like we've come through uh, in Melbourne here, we had some, you know, quite long lockdowns um, and that was really difficult to navigate. But talking about it, it's been a really good thing. Like I, I see a psychologist too and talk about things like that. Mm. Um, I saw a really good psychologist that had a very similar background to me where he'd done a business degree first and mm. then did the psychology. And he, one of the first things he did was a plan. So not an investment plan, but yeah. a, a plan for me. And he said, 
let's set your goals out, how you're going to reach them. Um, and the, the fact that for me, the similarities between that and investing and how we plan are so similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the, the goals that he did with me, uh, I'm happy to say I, I ticked them off. Cool. So I just need to set some new goals now, I think. Yeah. 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 One of the things about investing, long-term investing, is the default stance has to be optimistic. So uh, if you invest, if you take your money today and you invest it for the future, it means you're betting on more in the future, like better in the future, because otherwise you would just use the money now, right? Mm. Like maximize your happiness right now. And if you think about it, that doesn't jive with the depressive and ang- anxious type of mindset. Absolutely. Because you can't, like, it's almost like you can't do both at the same time, mm. right? Because you'll be very anxious when you have that investment, when you make those long-term commitments. And so this is why it's so important to try and untangle that a bit and just under- understand it. Yeah, it comes into so many areas again, like delayed gratification. You're mm. doing something, like you said, you could be happy in the moment and spend that money. Um, it can be have a very practical outcome too because you find people who might be anxious and depressed um, they don't stick to their plans. They don't have uh, that ability to to follow things through. And I always think of the example um, in Benjamin Graham's book, Intelligent Investor, mm. uh, of Mr. Market. Yeah. And if you were to like diagnose him, he'd be like you know, um, uh, like bipolar or manically depressive. He swings, you know, going through euphoria. And a lot of investors, even without that you know extra layer, they do the same thing. They get scared when markets drop and they get out at the bottom of the market and then the market goes back up and they buy in at the top. Um, that's a, that's a, a good mm. allegory, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I find it interesting because sometimes having money and having that emergency fund in the blanket can alleviate a lot of other problems in life and sometimes you have to solve the life problems to help you start investing and take a long-term view with your money. So there's there's a lot of links between the two of yeah, them. Yeah, but I do like mm. the the crossover with goal setting because if you can set goals in your personal life and you can think about what's the time frame, what do, how can I break it down into lots of small steps that I can tick off in small chunks and mm. do I have someone to keep me accountable? Have I put in enough processes into place so I can learn and actually put time aside for this goal each week? You kind of just need to put that approach towards your investing or any of your financial goals because it's a, a similar framework where you need to think through all the little steps and you can't just say, this year my goal is to start investing because that probably won't happen or it will happen potentially not in the way you want it to happen. So thinking, well, what does start investing mean? It means maybe it's taking boot camp or um, just listening to our ETF mini series on the podcast and starting to learn a bit and then starting to save some money and getting out of debt. So instead of just saying start investing this year, breaking it down into lots of little achievable steps. Absolutely. And it comes back down to that smart goal setting where the S is for specific. So even putting down amounts, how much am I going to start with? How much am I going to save this year? Being very specific. And when you do tick those off, the feeling is fantastic. Mm. That, you know, that reward of uh, not only, uh, you know, financially, but you get that boost uh, in, you know, in yourself and it helps improve your confidence and it flows into other areas of your life as well. Now, Tom, I know you're an avid reader, but I'd love to hear some of your, if you have books, podcasts, any other resources that if someone's wanting to kickstart their investing journey or maybe understand their investor psychology a bit better, that you'd recommend to listeners. 
Yeah, there's um, so many, and I've already mentioned one, which is The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin mm-hmm. Graham. Uh, you know, Warren Buffett was heavily inspired by that. And I like it personally because it talks about the approach to value investing, but then it uses a number of examples uh, that are quite enjoyable, like Mr. Market, uh, you know, a character that you can actually visualize in your head about how uh, the everyday investor approaches markets. In terms of uh, psychology type related, Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast. Uh, yeah, Evan mentioned that. You did? Yeah, he? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, it's something that a lot of us uh, at Investmark Group, we do read because uh, like even John Addis in uh, the Intelligent Investor team, uh, he was talking to it about me when we were designing Bootcamp. Because that's the other thing about our Bootcamp, it's not just been designed by me, it's actually been designed by a team of the people at Investmark Group. So, uh, you know, Paul Clithrow, Evan Lucas, uh, Effie Zahos, um, Alan Kohler, and then all the other people that work with them. Um, but that that's a fantastic book, and we do touch on that when we talk about investor psychology, uh, all the different biases as well. Mm. Then one book I find myself just continually reading over and over, maybe I just don't get it. Uh, <laughs> it's quite complex, but uh, Bill Bryson, uh, A Short History of Nearly Everything. Ah, okay. I've never um, read that. It's just fantastic. The way he – and I think there's a theme here where I like to read people who get a complex topic – and they break it down into uh, more accessible information. Like I appreciate that. I learn it quicker. So um, it's a it's a very dense book of so many facts and uh, information. But I find myself reading it over and over again. Mm. Mm. So we've got the uh, Intelligent Investor book. Uh, we've got which is not not associated with the Intelligent Investor in Australia, so don't, no. don't necessarily make the mistake, but um, both great names. We can say that much. That's right. Well, I think, um, you know, our team obviously used it as a bit of inspiration. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Thinking Fast and Slow by um, Daniel Kahneman and mm. A Short History of Nearly Everything. Mm. Um, a good list, mate. Solid list. Like, um, I think for Intelligent Investor, we spoke about this recently, it was like a lot of people recommend it. And don't be afraid if you can't get through it all at one, in one go. It's it. it's quite like it can be very It might very be financing. like you read a couple of pages at the time and then write a list of questions and go and research those things because mm. I, I don't think it's a, a very light read. It's not. <laughs> it's probably something that is a bit, again, dense. Yeah. Um, there's also another thing is too, like there's nothing wrong with doing, like you might have heard of Blinkist yeah. before, like mm. I use that. Yeah. Uh, it gives me the really quick insights into books and topics. Yeah. Because um, I'm all about using as much technology as I can to make my life easier and, uh, you know, use my time better as well. Yeah. Mm. And even listening to some investing books on Audible, that's been quite good because some of, if you check the narration, because some of them it's US accents that are quite painful to listen to, but you can, you can listen to a preview before you start. Yeah. Not I, everyone's a good narrator of a book. I completely agree. Um, I was listening to uh, a history to do with like World War Two because I'm interested in that as well about the um, you know the convoys that would cross the uh, Atlantic to get the needed supplies to the UK and um, Jonathan Dimbleby he wrote a series of books and he's got a beautiful voice but I was literally lying there in bed trying to drift off and he was doing that he was like. Um, the British were doing this and, oh, I'm so sorry, I've lost my place. Um, let me just do that again. They, they kept it in there. It wasn't <laughs> properly edited. And I felt like he was talking to me and I was like, I couldn't go to sleep then. <laughs> you were too engaged. <laughs> too engaged. And, um, yeah, I was quite amazed. But, um, yeah, you, you, you're right. And having Stephen Fry 
Reed, oh, yeah, classics. A as wonderful well. voice. Absolutely. So I wonder if uh, Evan, with his book uh, that's you know released, I wonder if he'll do his own audio book. Yeah. Then you could listen to Evan as you Maybe fall asleep. Maybe you'll get Stephen Fry. <laughs> oh, Stephen, yeah, get Stephen Fry. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so if you are interested in uh, the Investor Invest Smart Bootcamp, um, the best place to go is there's a link in the show notes. And this is important because Tom's brought with him today uh, a coupon code, RASK50, that's R-A-S-K-50, and it gets people 50% off. That's right, yeah, 50% off our bootcamp. So that's uh, half price. And it's uh, already pretty like well-priced, right? Yeah, it's... Uh, $49.50, and you get four weeks of complimentary access to Intelligent Investor and Eureka Report, which uh, it's about $119 mm. recommended retail price. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you're even interested in, in reading about stock recommendations, uh, research, Alan Kohler and his team, um, yeah. that's included to sort of help boost you along the uh, bootcamp mm. journey. Yeah. And we always talk on the podcast about reading and learning from different people and getting different perspectives on your journey because everyone approaches investing and money and the psychology side differently. And something we say might not resonate, but something that Tom or Evan says might be the thing that clicks for you. So mm. just if you can read more widely and access more resources, it'll help broaden your overall view. And so it makes it a bit easier to put the pieces of the puzzle into place. Exactly. And even like you were saying before, like doing it via whether it's your podcasts um, you know, the education that you've got on your website about ETFs, learning about those, uh, audio books, any, any way you can get it. It just doesn't have to be in written form. So yeah. uh, we try and keep it, uh, you know, different ways to learn on boot camp, whether it's some videos, illustrations, the written text, webinars, whatever works for you. Yeah, great. So go and check it out. Uh, the boot camp, it's super compelling. Yeah. You know, <laughs> under 30 bucks. Mm. Um you have yeah, to spend more time with Tom and you ask your questions. You have to spend more time with Tom. Yeah, That's ask right. some questions. If you're not watching the video, Tom's wearing a wonderful floral shirt as well. So. Yes, trying to upstage uh, Evan. Yeah, so we'll, we'll put a cut on social be... media. So hopefully on our Instagram account, you'll be able to see Tom's face and wonderful yeah, shirt there. Yeah. Just the shirt fabric. Just the shirt. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, zoom just zoom in. in. That's yeah. it. Um, but as you can uh, hear from this episode, Tom's a brilliant speaker and, and knows what he's talking about. So um, go and check it out. And um, mate, just thanks for taking some time to join us in the office. We really thanks. appreciate it. Yes, thanks so much for having me. It's been a a blast yeah and Kate as always thanks for thanks for joining me thanks for listening everyone thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians if you'd like to learn more create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks bonus resources and take our amazing free personal finance courses you can also join our online community by following the link in the description if you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice 
with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.